What's up, guys? Mitch Pelke here, back with another episode of Pelk Talk. Today, joined by fellow podcaster, YouTuber, and Division One athlete, Jordan McCabe. What's up, Jordan? What's going on, man? You killed that intro. I suck at intro. So I gotta... <laughs> <laughs> it's all about that energy, though. How you doing today? I'm I'm good, brother. I'm really good. Uh, just uh, got back from my girlfriend's place in Northern West Virginia. Now I'm back in my my studio. This is this is it right here. How long you and your girl been dating for? Me and Olivia have been together for two two years this November. Okay, two so, years. I like that. Yeah. Like that. Let's not waste any time. Let's hop straight into it. Obviously, playing D one ball at West Virginia, talented on the court. You know, I want to hit on more like the the building your brand part. You have a podcast. You have a YouTube channel. You know, how did you kind of get into making videos on that channel? Oh man. So like we were talking about earlier, like I have ADD for sure. It's not, it's not officially diagnosed, but I can diagnose. Self-diagnosis. Yeah, dude. I can't, I can't focus for, for anything. So I have to have like anywhere between like eight to 10 things going on at once. Um, I've been like that my whole life. Um, and then when I got to college, like, I feel like there's, there's this time where you're getting to college and especially as athletes, we get so like, I don't know, sports centric where in high school, yeah, basketball has always been what my world revolves around. But like in college, you can get almost too serious and then you lose like who you are as a person and personality. So with podcasting, um, I started mine two years ago. Um, the date's coming up. So about two years ago. No, I think I'm just just over a year now. Um, but anyways, did that and then I did started my YouTube a couple months ago, uh, just trying to grow that. I don't know, like I said, gives me different different irons in the fire. I like that. What what would you say is like one of your favorite type of videos to film? You know, I, I was watching the uh, the kind of the, the room tour of yours, and I just like that because it's just so natural to see your boys like doing it around. Yeah, no, I, I like those. Um, I like videos that are just you know, not, like you said, natural and just me where it's not scripted. Um, I don't know. Vlogs are fun, but they're, they're difficult. People don't get it. Like the stress. even somebody, yeah, it's stressful, dude. Anything you say, you're like, well, is that even is that funny? Right, well, people right, like yeah. even like that. <clears throat> so, oh, sorry. Uh, COVID, Jesus, COVID. I mean, <laughs> I don't got it. Anyways, um, you know, Vlogging has been something. Jesus Christ, let me get water. I, sound like <laughs> a, I don't smoke. I don't smoke. I swear to God. All right, here we go. Talking, you know, vlogs are fun, but they're stressful. Uh, I like collabing, like with people, and I just started doing that. I got a vlog coming out with a, a guy named Geo Masters. He's like an extreme, I think he calls himself an extreme sport athlete. So he just like jumps off things um, and just, just chases adrenaline which is so, so cool because I would love to do that, but I have a career to think about a little bit and his yeah. career is doing that. <laughs> so we just did a collab video. Um, I don't know. I, I, I watch everybody from Dilrick to, you know, Logan Paul to, um, you know, Hoggins, uh, Nick Bear Fitness. I don't know if you yeah. know who that is. I uh, you know, I, I, I watch them all and I try to emulate everything and they just motivate me especially like a nick i mean i don't know i love it 
No, that's sick. And kind of going off that, you in the podcast game as well. How did you get into that? Like everybody else, Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I think I'm gonna like uh, I'm gonna just create this this studio I have and just make it a shrine of him. Get like a metal like or uh, like a bust of Joe Rogan's face like, right here. Uh-huh. But I, I listen to all his stuff. Listen to all his stuff growing up. Um, uh, starting with like comedy in the UFC, like that's where I like like knew who he was, and then the podcast blew up for him and. I've been following him ever since. So that's how it started. I got the idea. I knew some people, connections, and I just started filming. We're, you know, just at uh, 20 episodes now on uh, my podcast, Subject to Change. But shameless plug. But anyways, um, yeah, so we're we're about to announce something pretty big with the podcast. There's going to be a big change to it, um, and hopefully – you know, we can start really climbing charts because that's the uh, that's the goal right now. Yeah. And and on subject to change, you know, obviously interviewing your boy, Tyler Hero, uh, other right. guys, Taco Falls and, and Andre Drummond. You know, how kind of cool have has that been uh, for you to connect with these different people? Dude, it's been it's been crazy. Um, I, I started it going back like reasons why I started it, not only just to have fun and use my personality for, you know, something that like I can always look back on. Uh, I also thought like, let me do something where I can constantly be learning. Cause I feel like Joe Rogan's always bringing people on. He might bring on the funny guests, you know, he has Bill Burr come on and he's hilarious, but then he'll have, um, you know, Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson will come on and he'll learn about stuff that he had no idea going into the podcast. And he's just this like memory bank. He always says, I'm not smart. I just remember what smart people say. Uh, so that's what that's yeah, what I try to do. That down. With, yeah, no, that that's that's one of my favorite Joe Rogan quotes, which is hilarious but true. No, and, and on subject to change, who's kind of been your favorite guest? We've done 18 episodes on subject to change, and my favorite so far. It's tough. That's a tough one. But the, the last, it's hard not to pick the last one we just shot. Uh, with Alex Bazell, he might not be the most like he, he did, like we brought Mikey Williams on and he was great and he's got two million followers and he's a freak, right? But you know, Alex is this like world-renowned trainer. He's Trey Young's trainer. Um, but the biggest reason that I wanted to get him was we did it before 8:24 Kobe Day, Kobe Day, and he was tight with Kobe because he trained Gigi. Um, he trained Gigi like all the way up through, um, and the last like two years of, of Kobe's life, Alex was with him like every day. And I met Alex through, um, like I, I worked out with him when I was out in LA two years ago and we've been so in high school. Yeah. We've been tight ever since that I was in like an all-star game in long beach. And while I was out there, I had a few days to spare. And I knew he was he was out there, and I'd never met him, but I just hit him up, uh, and and said, "Let's get a workout in." So, That's ever sick. since then, relationships have been great with Alex. There you go. So, going back to subject to change, you know, you said uh, kind of all fair that overtime runs that, and they kind of they, they own that. How did they kind of come to you uh, with that opportunity and idea? You know that that's that's the thing, like. I, when I started it, I knew I had connections with Overtime. I knew that they're a great company. 
and they do things really well. But, I, you know, I still went to them and said, look, I want your guys' help. Um, I want to work with you. But at the end of the day, I want this to be my Yours, podcast. Yeah. Like, I don't want it to be, you know, taken over and overrun with you got to do this or say this or plug that um, because I, I want it to be natural. Like, I don't want people to feel like they're being sold something. I want them to feel like you're just part of the subject to change community. So, um, you know, that's, that's what they did. And like I said, they were so compliant with that and overtime is so cool. And, and a company that's, you know, been cutting edge of, of the media for, you know, years for sure in the sports world. So long time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It worked out really well. There you go. So obviously both of us do want athletes and we kind of talked a little bit about this all fair, you know, how important do you think it is for, for college athletes to, to build their brand while they're, while they're in college playing their sport? Uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's up to you as like a person, like if your personality's built for it, do it. But there's a lot of people like, I just, I couldn't watch or listen to or whatever. And that's okay. I mean, we need account, we need accountants, we need lawyers, uh, you know, we need all this stuff, but I don't know. I think brand building is, is big, but, I don't think people who put a ton of time in mentally are are gonna like if you have to put Last a bunch in of the long thought, run. Yeah, if you gotta put a bunch of thought into like, you know, what can I do that's entertaining? Like it should just already be there. Come natural. Like, you know what I mean? For me it was like basketball base, but let's let's branch off and uh, you know, do videos with other people, start a podcast, do this kind of stuff, like get out of my comfort zone. If you're not used to getting out of your comfort zone or if you don't like that, I mean, it's cool. Like, it's, it's all right. You know, play Call of Duty and don't stream on Twitch and just chill. Like, it's fine. Like, <laughs> I, I, some of my best friends are people I play COD with all the time. And, you know, I don't think it's for everybody. But if you're going to do it, like, go balls to the wall because yeah. it is fun. It is fun, like, trying to build something. That's just always how I've been wired. I don't know. Yeah, just never kind of kind of taking a moment down, you know, kind of switching gears here, you know, do you think college athletes should make money uh, with his or her sport? I love this question. My favorite thing. I've wrote a hundred different essays all pretty. Yeah. Yep. I'm in sport management, dude. I'm, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a sport management major. And every, every time they need a four page paper, I'm like, all right, bet. I'm just going to talk about why athletes, you know, should be compensated now. That's, that doesn't necessarily give my answer away. Like, I think we should, this name image likeness, this deal that should be passed in January. Yeah. You will find me on the steps of the NCAA if it doesn't get passed because it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You can't, you, you shouldn't be allowed to tell somebody um, that you're not allowed to be an entrepreneur. Like a med school student, it isn't, you know, just because they're at a high level, like, you know, athletes, the med school doesn't tell them you can't start a, um, I don't know, a small tech startup from your garage at home and make money on it. And even though it's small, you know, th the med school doesn't do that. So yeah. NCAA, I don't feel like should be able to tell anybody, um, like there was that, that whole lawsuit with the kid. Um, I don't know if it's destroying or who it is. Yeah, UCF football. Yeah. Yeah, it's the football and and you know, they take away the scholarship, they do all this stuff. And I don't think I don't think that's right. Do I think we should be paid from the universities? No. I don't I don't think I think you that takes away that takes away from 
I don't know, the allure of college sports. Cause it's yeah. not, it's not professional sports. And I, and people love college sports because we do it for West Virginia or Ohio state. In your case, we do it for the state, rep the brand. Yeah. We rep their brand that they, that whatever. And, and that's, I think that's how it should be. And there's no way to fairly compensate, um, you know, the starting quarterback to, you know, uh, somebody on the rowing team. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, they bust up just as much, you know, and they, and they work so hard to do what they do, whether it's rowing or whether it's football or volleyball or, you know, cross country. It, it doesn't matter. These are all athletes who dedicated their lives to do it. So to tell somebody like you can only be, you know, compensated this, you can't pay everyone equally because yeah. we bring in different amounts of money. And that's just the, that's just the hardcore, you know, that's Coors cold hard facts right there for you. You know, it is. Really good. No, but that that is the truth. Like, obviously, like if if athletes started to make money, like you as a basketball player should make way more money than than me as a lacrosse player. And that's just because basketball is a way more popular sport than lacrosse. You guys get more fans. You guys generate way more money. So it, it'll be really interesting when that law kind of goes into effect. But kind of on the flip side, you know, do you think college athletes should be able to make money on YouTube? Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, <laughs> like I worked, you know, hours upon hours, you know, and still do from the time I was, you know, five years old uh, and my dad put a ball in my hand to now. And I didn't realize what was going on, but, you know, my personal image and brand was being created um, and molded and I wasn't even thinking about it. But to say, once again, somebody to, to try to tell somebody they're not allowed to go out and create something solely based on the fact that they're they can make money off it i just i just don't see the logic behind it i know yeah. it's got to be tied in uh, it's got to be tied into the whole big lawsuit about like ncaa football the video game um yeah. you know when they went away from all that it, it's got to be tied in somehow there but i mean I, I just don't get it it's a new age i mean with social media with youtube with twitch with TikTok, with instagram it's time for a, a time reform, for change, you know, it's time for change and, and reform in the NCAA. And I really hope they do it because from what I've seen in terms of, you know, people in my circle, like sending me um, uh, what's going to be in this 20, uh, 2020 reform or 2021 reform. Uh, it's, it all sounds great. It, it gives freedom back to the players. There's a players association. It's, it's the right thing to do. And I really hope they do it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm excited, and I just can't wait for the thing to be passed. But yeah. now let's hop into some basketball talk. So, obviously, at a young age, being in the spotlight, you know, being on the news, being on Ellen at a young age, how did that kind of change your life? <laughs> I don't know. It probably made me a little goofier than everybody else just because I was free-spirited when I was younger. Um, but basketball is like my niche. Uh, and then going on, you know, Ellen <laughs> – when you're, which God, there's so many jokes I could pull right there, but I'm gonna, leave, <laughs> I'm gonna leave them in the back. You um, ever look back and you're like, God, like you had the braces going, you had like the baggy shorts, like you ever look back and like kind of goon on yourself or no? Yeah, I was a cornball, dude. I came <laughs> out. This is what people don't realize is I came out uh, the first time I went on the Ellen DeGeneres show. She asked, or not she, because she doesn't run it like behind the scenes, but they asked, what song do you want me to play when you walk out? You got a walkout song, right? 
So at 11 years old, I'm like, uh, like play, play the Dougie for me. So I, <laughs> I walked out. I walked out and I was like hitting it. Uh, uh, and I was like, oh my, my, my parents were probably in the back. Like, oh my, like he does realize there's a million people plus watching right now. Yeah. And I look like an idiot, but it's okay. Like I, yeah. I had, no, like look back now. It's like so funny. Like you wouldn't really want it any other way. Dude, it's so funny. It's so, and it, and it got me used to like, uh, one thing that my life leading up to now has prepared me for is like all the hate, like all the yeah. crazy things. But I mean, it's pretty simple. If, if there is no hate coming in, you're not doing something right or you're not big enough to draw the attention of them. I mean, you gotta, you gotta do something that generates positivity and negativity and then keep it pushing. Um, yeah. So down the road, let's say, let's say you have some kids and they play basketball. Would you want them to kind of have that same exposure at a young age or no? Uh, I don't know. That's a that that's a good question. I've never been asked that. Um, you gotta be mentally tough, and you know I'm all for you know my kids down the road being mentally tough. But I I think it just depends on on who I I'd have to just really be around them. I'd have to know. My father knew that I was in some way or another, you know, built mentally for hatred for backlash for whatever it may be he didn't see all this happening but there's just something about specific people who can deal with it and who can't like I wouldn't want my kids going through some of the things I did I mean I reclassified my seventh grade year um, when I moved from Seattle back to Wisconsin I did seventh grade in both states um, okay. and that was something that at the time a lot of a lot of basketball players were doing at my age, um, like Marvin Bagley, you know, guys who are in the league right now um, who were, who were huge at the time were doing it. And when I did it, now it's in small town, Wisconsin, where everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows everybody. And now it's like, Oh, this McCabe kid, you know, he's cheating. He, he went back a year, blah, blah, blah. Even though when you, when you're a freshman, you're playing four years up, no matter how old you are. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there, there was definite backlash there. You know, you had student sections chanting crazy stuff, you know, almost fights breaking out in parking lots. I mean, it was, it was, there were some things I would, I would prefer my kids not go through, but I mean, personally, I'm glad I, I went through it. And my dad gave me the decision and the power to make that decision when I was in seventh grade. And he told me what might happen and everything that he said did. Um, but we thought that was the best decision for me. So, yeah. you know, looking back, are you kind of glad your, your pops kind of gave you that, that option? Cause you know, for me, I did uh, kindergarten twice. So basically in the same boat that no. you are, but like growing up being the, one of the oldest guys in your class, like that's the best feeling ever. Like yeah. I'll, I'll definitely do that to my kids. Are you kind of glad that, that your pops kind of gave you that decision? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's important on a lot of different levels. And not only like an athletic level, but a maturity standpoint. Yeah, even for sure. I'm, even though I still have like a 14-year-old brain and that's my maturity level. But it did help in a lot of different ways. It really did. Um, you know, it, it gives you opportunities down the road in terms of college. You can reclass back up into the grade you originally were. You can stay. A lot of people don't know the ins and outs of reclassification, but – I would 100% do that to my kids if, you know, athletics was something that they wanted to pursue. So we'll see. 
So attending a small high school in Wisconsin, you know, do you kind of ever get that feeling that you need to maybe transfer to a private school or play at a, at a better basketball school to kind of see the best talent? Yeah, here, I'll do this. Let me, I'm going to look right into the camera. If there's a kid out there right now and he's watching this and a homegrown kid like myself, and he's at the level where you got prep schools, private schools, uh, board, whatever, schools that aren't even schools. They're just gyms that you <laughs> sleep in, you know, and they're coming after you and asking you, you should transfer here. You know, there's better, better competition here. We'll get you ready for college. Do not do it. Don't do it. I am so against everything that is prep basketball. I think, you know, in high school, it doesn't matter if you go to a prep because at least in the basketball world, AAU is where you're going to get your college exposure. Yeah, same in the cross so, world. So leave, leave it, leave it alone. The travel stuff is where now play on a shoe circuit. That's what I will also tell you, because other than that, you know, you're not going to get the exposure that you would, but in terms of the whole prep school type thing, at least as a basketball player, I grow up in a small town of Kakano, Wisconsin, and I love to death every single person that's ever been through there. My family's from there. I got to play four years and bring two state championships back home, um, you know, have, you know, bonfires and cornfields and, and, yeah. and, and do everything I, I got to do and dream about with my buddies that I grew up with. There's nothing better than that. Better, yeah. Go to some, some you know, shack in Florida yeah. that they literally threw together and put a bunk bed and, like, you do online school, which means you're yeah. not doing anything, uh, and, and that's your, like, college prep year. Like, screw that. Dude. Yeah. Just stay the course. Play in front of the people that, that have supported you all the way up through. Best decision I ever made was not going to – you know, an academy or a prep school or anything. And I had opportunity and people pretty much constantly. And I did, we sat down as a family and talked about it, like um, Sunrise Christian, all these, you know, the places that I looked at were good places. They're not all, you know, shacks that aren't even schools and stuff. I shouldn't say that, but there, there's some of them like that. And, you know, Oak Hill, Sunrise Christian, uh, Huntington Prep, you know, I had opportunities to go play there, but like I said, stay, stay home, you know, get, take all your stuff seriously when it comes to AAU time, but there's nothing better than running out in front of 2000 of your like closest friends, family, you, yeah. know, you know, people from your hometown. There's nothing better. No, it's it's the truth too, and and for the lacrosse world, it's kind of the same. Like you're getting looked at by travel ball in the summer tournaments. You know, coaches lined up on the sideline, and and I've had the kind of the, the same the same issue. You know, going into high school for that freshman for that freshman sophomore year, you know, you get schools reaching out, hey, come to this prep school, come to that prep school. But at the same time, it's like I can't leave my boys that I've been with forever. Like I can't do that, and. And then people that go will be like, yeah, well, I'm so, I'm so close to your hometown boys. No, you're not. Don't no. sit here and tell me you're still close with boys and you, you don't even see them. Like, you only see them a couple times a year. So I always look back on my decision, like, going to a small public school in Northern Virginia, man, I'm glad I did that. You know, my, my core group of guys, seven guys that I love to death, and we wouldn't be as close if I didn't do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, man. I, I love that stuff. There, there, there is, here's a great soundbite for you. There's an Eric Church, there's an Eric Church song. And this is what I, these are the words I live by. There's going to come a day where all you have is your closest buddies sitting on a tailgate 
with a Bud Light. And you, all you have is your high school laurels, really, when it comes down to between, you know, you and your buddy next to you. Yep. That's what you get to – I didn't say it like Eric Church. He's got way better win with words. <laughs> but it's something like that. Pretty soon all we got is our boys and uh, sitting on a tailgate, you know, by a lake, chilling and just talking, talking smack about high school and this and that. That's the stuff that that really means anything, man. I'm, yeah. I, I, I and, the, and the type of stuff you'll remember forever. Yeah. So yeah. kind of going to the recruiting process side, you know, for, for me, when I was getting recruited to play at Ohio State, you know, it was at a young age, you know, as soon as you graduate from middle school, that summer and going into freshman year was, was the time to get recruited. You know, every summer, June, July, you're at a tournament, college coaches on the sideline. It was stressful. You know, what was kind of the recruiting process like for you? Uh, my recruiting process, believe it or not, I got my first um, recruiting probe letter when I was in seventh grade. Seventh was, grade? The first time. Wait, I, like your first like offer? Yeah, not no no not offer. It was it was like we're interested. It was interest from UCLA, and I'll never forget getting a letter from UCLA. I lived in Washington. I've never. I was so excited. Like, I didn't know what it meant, but all I saw was the UCLA stamp showed up with my name on it. It wasn't even handwritten. Like, it was like a label, but I wasn't wasn't worried. Actually, no, it was handwritten. That I do. So so it was sick, right? Recruiting started early for me. um, And then there was always speculation like, well, you know, at, at, you know, 5'11", six foot, whatever. There's always round up. Hey, I'm in the same boat. You always got to stay rocking those Air Force Ones. Cool. Yeah, dude. I, I have like heel cups in at all. all <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing Vapor Maxes and like everything. Oh, you got to. He's got to. And it's all about positioning too. Like if you're standing like outside with your buddies, you always pick like the slant, like the uphill slant. Yeah. Just in case somebody – Every picture is you're rocking the tippy toes. Yeah, for sure. Get in the back and then – yeah. But anyways – um. Yeah, there there was speculation like, is he gonna be able to play at at you know the next level at all at at his stature? It's not athletic, well, well, all this stuff. But recruiting wise, going into high school, AU is where it really picked up. Um, I had, I think, six offers when I committed, and that was super early um, for my class. I was, I think, maybe the third or fourth player in the top 100 that committed. So I was okay. like. I was right away going right right after my sophomore year, coming off a state championship. West Virginia had had been in from the start. They offered me, you know, a year before that, um, and you know, I took I took that offer, verbally committed, and then recruitment got kind of muddy. I think going into my my final AAU 17U year was when I was already committed but I played extremely well on the circuit. Um, and then there was schools and I'm not going to name names obviously, but there was schools that reached out to my coach, like how serious is he about West Virginia? We would like to see. And that was kind of like a, a different perspective on the recruiting world. It's, it's cutthroat out there. They really, they it's might, a scummy world. they might shake hands and hug you at the end of the game, but they, they don't, they don't care about, you know, taking somebody else's food off the plate. So yeah, for sure. Uh, but you know, loyalty is a big thing for me. And I, I told Hugs I was coming when I was 17 and then I stuck to it all the way through. There we go. So how, how like you kind of hit on it there. How did you kind of narrow it down to West Virginia? 
culture. It was all based on culture. It was the it's hardest spirit. School. Yeah, dude. It was the hardest school. When I looked at my list of schools, like in terms of the route, and I based it off of coaching, play style, conference, um, and, and everything like that. Uh, it, and that's kind of what made up the culture of the universities that I was deciding between. Not that other, you know, schools in my list didn't meet requirements. It was just for me, West Virginia meant blue collar. It meant probably a four year path. It meant, yeah. <laughs> you know, being mentally tough or literally cracking like this. This program can break you if you're soft. And I'll say it's that, a gritty place. I, it's gritty. It is gritty. Dude, I look at Morgantown. Come on. I, yeah, I wish I could do an apartment tour. It is gritty. It's on my YouTube. Go check out my YouTube. Um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, bro. It's it's gritty as hell. Hugs demands so much, but he's the most loyal dude in the world. And somebody that, you know, kind of like with my boys, you know, sitting on a tailgate somewhere in a, in, you know, 20 years, I'll be able to do the same. I don't know if we'll be on a tailgate or a, you know, porch somewhere, but I, I feel like I know that I'll always have, you know, hugs to, to call on if I need something or just want to talk or see him. I mean, he's, he's the man. I love him to death. Hate him some days and he hates me most days. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a love thing between us for sure because I understand he wants best for me and the rest of our team. And the way he gets that out of you, it's a little unconventional. Uh, yeah. it, it shouldn't be recorded or listened to by young children. <laughs> But it, it works, man. Eight hundred. That's the best relationship to have, though. Yeah, eight hundred fifty yeah. wins. Dude's a legend. He's a legend, legend for sure. So off script, you, we kind of talked about how uh, Ohio State football is canceled, and you're obviously from Wisconsin, born and raised. You know, if Wisconsin gave you that offer to play there, would you have gone? Be honest <laughs> with me. Oh man, if Wisconsin offered me, would I have went? Oh. I don't even want to get I don't even want to get into our recruiting process because uh, I was at countless Badger games uh, during the fall season during recruiting time. Uh, me and Tyler Hero were there. He had his fallout with Wisconsin. The way that you know they do things um, is their way and it works. They're Big Ten champions last year. Uh, yeah. Take my hat off to Coach Guard and everything he's doing. But as I'm dancing that around your question right now. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm a, I'm a hometown guy, but I felt like for sure, like I made a decision that was based on getting away, getting out in the world, seeing, seeing different places and different things. And I'm happy I did that. The relationships I've made here at West Virginia in my first two years um, have been ones that I'll cherish my whole life. Uh, but you never know, man. You never know the, you know, future is not, not here today and the pass is already done. So I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to keep dancing. I'm tiptoeing around that. I'm not going to give you a story. No, hard. you're good. Don't worry. A lot, a lot of nice uh, quotes out of you today. I like that. Hey, I got to get the sound bites out because I, I want to be able to repost something because people always see me doing your job, which is the harder job, is like preparing, knowing what you're going also being fluent and just like kind of being, you know, whatever with it and having a conversation. But um, at the same time, uh, I'm happy that I get to be on this side of the camera for a little bit. It's fun. Yeah, no, for sure. So obviously getting to West Virginia uh, that freshman year, you know, was that a big change for you? 
No, because I we moved all over the place. When I was younger, um, I lived in South Carolina, um, like the southern part of South Carolina. So I got country blood in me a little bit. Okay. You're a little southern boy, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can get down in the Georgia mud for sure. That's <laughs> the funny thing about Virginia. Are you southern? I don't. Yeah, I mean, technically, yeah, but I feel like more northern. Dude, we're in this, like, because I'm obviously in West Virginia, Virginia, whatever, that same area. When people call this the South, I'm like, you've never They call been... West Virginia the South? Yeah, for sure. It's a southern state, isn't it? No. I don't know. I don't know what we are. I don't know. We're, I don't know. We're, amazing, I mean, come we're on. an amazing group of people, I'll tell you that. We're fun to be <laughs> around, but I don't know what we are either. But, like, Virginia's not really South. You know what I, I mean? I know. I mean, There's especially so me, like, I'm only, like, 45 minutes from D.C., so I'm at the tip of Virginia. So, I, like, that's why we say, like, we're, we're northern. Yeah. The D, are you from the DMV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, everybody who's from the DMV calls it, like, the DMV and, like, oh, yeah, you're from the DMV. I'm from the DMV. Like, it's not like a cul-de-sac. Like, everybody makes it seem like it's just a little neighborhood. I'm like, dude, it's three different states, isn't it? I know, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. You know, the worst is, like, when you get a guy, he said – he, he thinks the DMV is Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. I'm not going to lie. I was that guy. I almost said that. Really? I'm glad I, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. I, I never knew, but there's so many people, like, here at West Virginia who are from the DMV area. Oh, yeah, and for sure. They all, like, I'm like, dude, did you all just grow up on the same street? I'm just confused why you're all so, <laughs> like, everybody reps the DMV harder than anything. Like, everybody's always talking about it, at least here. I don't know. Yeah. Last question here, kind of talking about basketball. For that first kind of for that first game freshman year, were you ready for that Big Twelve kind of kind of school spirit kind of conference or no? Texas Tech at home. Yep. Yeah, I started. I played forty five seconds and didn't play the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I started. So hugs. My first uh, first year, we there were so many things that I needed to learn, and we had a falling out between our team and some guys on the team who even though I love him to death, uh, you know, there was so many problems in her squad that, you know, we were going through some stuff. We were going through growing pains. Uh, we won, uh, we didn't even win 20 games that year. Rough year, like one of the worst years in West Virginia basketball uh, in, in a long time. But I got a chance to start, you know, a handful of games early on. And then by Big 12 play uh, towards the end, I was playing and starting and, and you know, kind of hitting my stride a little bit. Um, but, yeah, the, the first game was I'm, – I'm nervous before every game, whether we're playing, you know, a mid-major, you know, school out of the Patriot League or we're playing Kansas at Kansas. You know, both of those teams, I've seen Patriot League teams beat Big 12 teams. Yeah. It happens and, you know, you have to be ready to play. But, uh, yeah, no, I was, I was ready for it. I love everything that comes with it. Um, there is a learning curve for sure that I've went through my first two years, but that's the kind of things that we talked about earlier. I'm built for, I'm built for the naysayers. I'm built for the people who are like, ah, I told you, whatever. I mean, I, I got two more years of resume building to do. And yeah. uh, I'm in a program where you gotta, you gotta earn your stripes those first two years. You can be in the doghouse quick. I let a, I let a backdoor, I let a backdoor happen. Uh, Moretti for Texas Tech going back to my first ever conference game. We play, we force backdoors, uh, but I forced it, I guess, in the wrong way. I forced the backdoor cut. Moretti catches it, lays it up, 2-0. Texas Tech goes up. I'm thinking no big deal. 
get the ball, bring it down, whatever. I think somebody kicks it out of bounds. We're about to do an out-of-bounds play on the other end. I yep. look up the clock, and it's literally 45 seconds into the game. And then all of a sudden, the horn goes off. I'm coming out. Don't see the floor the rest of the night. I mean, I don't even know if I played the next game. It's, <laughs> it, it is – you want to talk about cutthroat. In our program, you got to be ready for anything. Um, and that's how – That's how it should be, though, honestly. Yeah. Like, like those little experiences, like you obviously know, like you'll never do that again. Yeah, hundred. And he knows he's got a group of guys. He only recruits guys that, that can take it. That's it. Yeah, that, that's, that's the way it should be. And and one of my last questions here before we kind of get into random talk, I get this question a lot, and, and you probably do. You know, how do you kind of balance, you know, being a Division One athlete, school, social, having a podcast, and having a YouTube channel? How do I balance it? I got a lot of good people around me. I have a lot of smarter yeah. people than myself around me telling me, like, you know, here's what you do. I confided in my parents, um, my dad, my mom kept my head on my shoulders, you know, through years of ups, downs and, you know, great things, good things, bad things, all this stuff. Um, but in terms of how I balance it, I really don't, I have no plan ever. Like I just, I just get up and go. go. Like, yeah. Like I want to write a book here in the next two years. I want to okay. grow Yes. Um, you know, I want to get into stand up. I think like comedy is like the best thing in the world. I love listening to Bill Burr. Pete Davidson's my favorite thing. I want to be in a movie. I want to write scripts, dude. I, I just do things and like with no direction. That's the ADD. I'm unmedicated. I'm just a loose <laughs> cannon. I'm a loose cannon out here too. So that's how I balance it is. I don't like whatever's going to happen is yeah. going to happen. So many people are like, Oh, God, what should I do? What if it doesn't work? Oh, what's my plan look like? Where am I going to be in five years? I don't know where I'm going to be in an hour. I'm probably, I probably have to be somewhere, but I don't know right now. So <laughs> that's just how I roll, dude. I, I'm a loose cannon. I guess that's the only way to do it. And I don't know, it's worked so far. So yeah, fr free flowing. I like that. But one question just popped in my mind. Cause I remember, you know, what's the end goal for you tattoo wise? Uh, tattoos. I want to finish my sleeve and, and, make my mother hate me more than she already does <laughs> you think no, you'll you think you'll just finish that sleeve yeah yeah dude they're expensive and i'm yeah. bad at money management <laughs> this is <laughs> you want to talk about being a loose cannon uh my buddy back here in his room sean is uh he's my personal finance manager <laughs> uh, yeah, my, no consultant he doesn't manage all but he tells me, like, Jordan, that's a stupid purchase. You don't need that. You And oftentimes I'll put it back. We'll be at Target and I'll, like, get a picture of, like, an ox, like a black and white picture to put out. He's like, dude, we don't need that. I'm like, you're right. I'll just save my $74. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have issues. Uh, but what's, my, what's been the most outrageous, expensive purchase that you've actually, like, followed through with? And then looking back, you're like, dude, why did I buy this? Dude. It's not outrageous. I bought a pair of Beats headphones on like the spur of the moment. Great purchase, great investment. But um, I bought that and a MacBook coming into, into school off my like scholarship checks. And um, uh, dude, a crackhead sold both of them, stole them right out of my car. <laughs> dude, right my, there's some dude, and he took my shoes, team issued shoes. So really? A, yes, there's somebody walking around in Morgantown right now with team issued shoes and uh, navy blue power beats. Just and a stunning. And a MacBook. 
If I see this person, I will get out of my car and I will sprint to them and drop kick them. I swear it's on. Like, I swear to you, it's what, on. You leave your, would you leave your car unlocked or they break the window? No, I, I left it unlocked. So I kind of deserved it. Yeah, look, I definitely. So then I went and bought like another, like I bought a, a MacBook that I'm using now, which is a good purchase. Um, most outrageous. Dude, I'm bad with shoes. I'm really bad. Jeez, we yeah. get shoes given to us, but for some reason, I still feel like not keeping any money and just buying more. So um, I love uh, I love Off-Whites. I love Nike Reacts, different like crazy shoes and stuff like that. But I don't know. I have money management issues. So tattoos, got off track. Tattoos, um, my sleeve's like a quarter of the way finished, like less than that. And uh, the guy, shout out to my guy, Jake, um, who does them for me. He's, he's so good, but he's always booked up. So I have to wait till January now to get any more. Uh, okay. But yeah, I'll just finish this arm. Uh, there's so many people in my life who like, every time they see me in the chair, they're just like, you disappoint me on a great level, Jordan. Just the hate comes back to mentally tough. I'm mentally tough enough, but they're just like, you're so, so what, what are you going to look, what, what happens when you're 80 with a sleeve? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll be hanging out with 80 year olds with sleeves too. And a nurse, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care either because I'm 22, almost 22. And that just is what yeah. it is. I like that. Well, let's go into our last segment here. Rando talk. I'm going to give you a word or a phrase. Kind of give me back with a, uh, with kind of a quick, uh, good answer. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I don't know the game, but uh, I, you might get. You'll be fine. It's easy. Don't worry. Uh, All right, ready? Craziest DM you've ever got. Oh, Lil, it wasn't so. Lil Dirk DM me on Twitter. Um, yeah. Really? Yo, and then uh, not only that, but then he sent me a he sent me like a touch to talk voice message like through text. You know how you can record yeah, it. Yeah, you can listen to it. Yeah, bro. He was just. It was when I was like a senior in high school. He was like, bro, keep grinding, doing what you're doing. Like, I love it. Uh, I'm a Chicago boy. We're not too far away. Um, and I'm a hooper at heart, even though I rap. And that was like the that's coolest sick. thing. Lil Dirk hit me up. Yeah, that that was that's probably the best one. Celebrity crush. Olivia Mogan. Come on. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I got to put my girl on. Every time I can, I got to put her on. You put it on a okay. pedestal. If you could only live off one, like, condiment sauce the rest of your life, what is it? Uh, uh, Chipotle Ranch, like any Ugh. any kind of like Chipotle Ranch. Are you serious, dude? That's like, that. I'm honest. I'm be honest. I've never had it. I've smelled it. it. It smells like. No, dude. A Chipotle Ranch goes like pretty much. Okay, maybe just ranch. Hidden Valley Ranch. Ew. No, are dude. you a ranch on pizza guy? What? Come on. Oh my That's god. Disgusting. I like a little bit of pizza with my ranch. You know what I mean? I just. Ooh. Yeah, same with my brother. He'll dump a gallon of ranch on the whole pizza. Dude, I'm pouring up. I love ranch. All right, be honest with me here. If not West Virginia, then? Here, here's a good one. Oh, uh, Australia, overseas. I'd be playing. <laughs> listen, listen. If not West Virginia, I would uh, I would have went the, the NBL route and tried to play professionally over there for however long and see where that career takes me. A lot of guys go over there and then bounce back in the league and stuff. Um, that was something I thought about, not going to lie. You ever think about, like, the JBA? No, no. I love, <laughs> I love the Ball Brothers. Lamelo's my boy. You've always had, like, kind of short hair. You ever thought about getting long hair? Well, yeah, like a flow. Yeah, something. Dude, my problem here, you know, I can't do the flow. 
because I have this like wiry hair, like really straight wiry. Like I would look like, like thick hair. I would just go yeah. straight down. Yeah, like it goes straight down and it would be over my bangs and it would be like, oh, my parents don't understand me type of deal. <laughs> Slasher type. What I, I can't do that. Just heavy metal, all this yeah, dark stuff, would, all black yeah. outfits. Yeah, I'd have nail polish. What, what's, what's, when you hop in the chair, what's the haircut? What do you tell the barber? Uh, Mid-bald fade and then I just trim the top. I just, so I had longer hair in high school and yeah. it kind of did a little bit of what you got going on. But then mm -hmm. this is just way easier to maintain. Uh, so I went, at least for this year, um, with the buzz. I think I'm going to dye it like a color pretty soon <laughs> just because I'm bored and I have problems. So I'm going to do that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I like, like that. Either like a, like a light pink or like a, like a bleachy, like blonde. I had that in high school, the blonde. Yeah, my parents – God, I, I'm a disappointment even hearing myself talk. Most overrated basketball player you've ever played with? My dad, he's so he, – he, listen, he's overrated because he hypes himself up. He always told me growing up, I'm the best defender you'll ever play, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> my seventh grade, we couldn't even You're play right. one anymore because it turned into fist fights, and my mom was really? like, we're done. We're done. I like that. You're a competitive cat. I like that. I love Pops. He's not overrated. He's a buck. High socks on the quarter all the time. No way. Dude, what's up? All the time? No, not all the time. If like I'm when you're going out, what do you – this is another question too. When you're going out, what's your outfit? I'm transitioning from uh – -oh. and I don't know anything about style, but I decided to date a girl. I, yeah. who, I, I decided to date a girl who does, and, like, she dresses me from, like, this is what I would put on. Like, this is – it's a – 50th birthday bash. Who's that, yeah. Pops? No, dude. My, this is TT. This is a funny story. This is my girlfriend's aunt. I love you, Aunt TT. <laughs> um, and anyways, I wasn't even here. It's from 2006. But this is the stuff I would wear. And if I'm going out now, uh, I'm going to go, like, baggy streetwear type stuff because I'm, okay. like, 5'10", 5 5'11", 5 six foot, whatever you want to pick. Um, Round up. And you can't, you can't, like, I can't wear, uh, like, Tyler, my boy. Tyler Hero can wear anything because he's, like, six foot six, and it just, he's, like, he's got the skinny look going on, skater type look, whatever. He can, he can rock whatever. I have to stick to, like, baggy streetwear now, and I used to do, like, the skinny jean type thing, um, but that was when I didn't know how to dress. I looked like an idiot. Thank God Liv saved me. What's something you do we don't know about that's kind of embarrassing? That's embarrassing? I, I try to write stand-up skits all the time. Really? That's actually cool, though. I like that. They're embarrassing because they suck. <laughs> Hit me with something. Let's go. Hit me with something. What do you no, I'm not giving you anything. <laughs> everything, like, I, I can't give you any right now, but there there is some things, like, I'm constantly thinking. Because I, I listen to Bill Burr all the time. Like, I watch his stand-up. I think he's so funny because he's just angry at everything. Um, and I watch Pete Davidson a ton. Pete Davidson and Machine Gun Kelly are two guys I've always like. I don't know. Pete Davidson puts them in his movies, and I think it's dope. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I it's embarrassing because they're so unworked on and so it's so terrible. And like Liv doesn't even laugh, and she's the <laughs> funny one. And it's just I'm working on it. All right, uh, you'll but be all right. Good. So last question here. You know what's the end goal for for Jordan McCabe? So so when you're 80. And your skin's sagging, and that sleeve is looking beat. You know, 
what do you want people to to think of your your kind of legacy? On a serious note, my my legacy, uh, I wanted to be what my grandfather's was, and my grandfather's legacy, who just passed away about a year ago, rest in peace, to an amazing dude, Grandpa Bruce, um, was somebody who he was very free spirited, just like myself. Um, he might not have been uh, as entertainment based because of just the world he grew up in, but he, he is, everybody loved him. He would give the shirt off his back to a person walking down the street that he had no idea who they were, or what they were about. He was the hardest working dude I've ever met. That's what I strive to be. Um, I want to be known as that dude who worked so insanely hard, but never took himself too seriously had so much fun, impacted lives. I want to kind of be this jack of all trades, but somebody who who helps people, uh, whatever they're going through. Like, I, there's people I can name off the top of my head who do it for me, but it's all about right now, my grandpa Bruce's legacy is something that I want to try to emulate. Uh, and he told me, always told me this. He's like, you are an entertainer. Whether you're on the basketball court, whether you're behind a camera, like entertain people, have fun. So that's my legacy, I guess. That's sick. Sweet. Yeah. Well, Jordan, man, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Where can the fans find you? Uh, so all my socials are Jordan McCabe 5. Um, you know, whether it's Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Now, I'm also, you know, I'm going to plug it, my Subject to Change pod. Um, it is that right there, at Subject to Change pod on Instagram. We just uh, – started a channel. So I'm going to move all my podcast material and content over onto that. Uh, that way it's just easier to follow and stuff like that. So go follow me, hit me up. Uh, Pelt, dude, you are, you're really good at this. I, I enjoyed myself. Thank I enjoyed you, man. Well, it was a great talk. Nice to meet you as well. Nice to meet you, brother.